Hello listeners, welcome to the inaugural episode of Z3 Partners Business Podcast, featuring insights from entrepreneurs, business leaders, investors and thinkers on the technology and digital ecosystem in India. Z3 Partners is a 100 million early growth stage investment fund in technology and digital. My name is Gautam Patel. I'm the founder and managing partner at Z3 Partners and the co-founder of Zodius Technology Funds. At Zodius, we have had invested in market leaders such as Pepper Fry, Big Basket, Off Business, Medgenome. I have the great pleasure to kick off our inaugural episode with an entrepreneur who I have been closely associated with as a friend and as an investor, Amrish Murthy, the founder and CEO of Pepperfry, India's leading furniture retailer. Amrish and his co-founder Ashish have built a solid online-first consumer brand in furniture over the last eight years. Today, we'll talk to Amrish in particular about building and scaling a digital-first consumer brand in India. Welcome to the show, Amrish. Thanks, Gautam. Always a pleasure. Amrish, why don't you start with talking about your Pepperfry journey? What motivated you to start up a marketplace and eventually a consumer brand in furniture? Okay, so uh, I guess there have been multiple points in my life where, as a consumer, uh, even before I started Pepperfry, I thought about how little, how few choices are available uh, for consumers today in the uh, home and interior space. Uh, I remember when uh, I just got married. Uh, and you know, during our uh, uh, during all of the marriage receptions, etc., you get money, right? So friends and relatives give you five hundred bucks, a hundred right. bucks, and so on. So my wife and I, we come from modest families. Uh, we had collected, I think, a, and I'm calling it collected, a sum total of about twelve thousand rupees, I guess, which was our our total, so to speak, marriage, uh, 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 you know, kitty. Uh, and we came back to Bombay, and the first thing we wanted to buy was. Uh, uh, bookshelf and I remember the two of us spent close to four hours walking around uh, Oshiwara trying to figure out a good bookshelf that works for both of us uh, at a price which was sub 10,000 bucks because you know that was the only money we had to spare Uh, and I found hardly anything until you know we saw one great product and it was at a 60% discount and we went ahead and bought it. Incidentally we carted that bookshelf along with ourselves for about 10 years after that as we shifted houses. So I've had the need, I guess, I've felt the need as a consumer to have choice. And I figured that we really didn't provide that kind of choice uh, to 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 Indian consumers. So when I thought of setting something up, I had uh, worked with, you know, great brands like eBay earlier. Uh, I sold a bunch of mobile phones. And I really didn't want to build a business which uh, only sold because you sold the product cheap and cheaper than somebody else. So I wanted to build a business which was truly differentiated where uh, you were offering consumer choice. So what better model to follow to follow consumer choice or offer consumer choice than that of a marketplace. Uh, so, you know, that's how the thought of a marketplace came up. Uh, the idea of home interiors was that it's a very large market segment. Uh, depending on which report you read, it's between 35 to $45 billion large. So there's a large business opportunity that we had. And uh, uh, there were there was there is no large entrant. I mean, one of the key characteristics of, of the home furniture market is the fact that mm-hmm. the top five brands put together account for just 4% of the sale. So therefore, there's tons of opportunity for uh, uh, you know a good business uh, to build a really large scalable brand so those are the the initial thoughts uh, and then of course you know you heard this earlier 
uh, Ashish and I, as we were starting, we put three words on the whiteboard. Uh, the first word was Indian. We wanted to build a business which took from everything that's good in India. Uh, the second word was honest. Uh, we wanted to be honest at the highest levels of integrity in every dealing that we have, which means consumers, partners, employees, everybody. And uh, the third word we'd put on the whiteboard was fun. Uh, so Indian, honest and fun were uh, our three mantras as we were starting business. Pepper is something that India has been famous for for ages. So uh, that covered off the Indian piece. It's also a very honest spice. Everybody knows the smell, taste, etc. of pepper. Uh, but because it's honest and it's on every table in every dining you know, table uh, in every house in India, um, it also gets a little boring till the fun of it happens, which is when you do the tadka or you fry it. And that's how pepper fry came about. So that's that's our story. I mean, that's how the thought of pepper fry, the thought of building a furniture marketplace. Excellent. Thank you. Amrish, can you also talk through the first principles involved in building up a world-class Numero Uno consumer brand like Pepper Fry? Yeah, I guess the, 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 the first principles of building any brand apply to the first, uh, are the same as the first principles of building a, a digital brand. Um, you got to understand who your customer is. You got to figure what is the unmet need today. Uh, for the customer you got to figure out whether you have the wherewithal to be able to create a value chain which gets products which fulfill the unmet need uh, for the customer and look we are a country and I think consumers across the world seek value in whatever they do so are you able to create a value chain which delivers value to consumers and if you do all of that well uh, are you getting your message out to everybody saying that you know we exist so therefore you need to have great awareness driven by reach uh, you need to say it in the manner which uh, evokes interest amongst customers. So that's important. If you get these two right, a lot of customers will be interested in your proposition. They will have, so to speak, a desire for your product. And uh, if you have your value equation sorted, uh, your desire will, their desire will translate to action. And I guess it's it's that it's fundamentally simple principles like these which uh, go to making a great brand. That's very useful. Thank you. With the democratization of customer reach through digital platforms such as Google and Facebook, we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs starting up consumer brands, but very few have been able to achieve meaningful scale. Do you think Google and Facebook by themselves are enough to build a scalable, high-quality digital brand? That's a great question. Uh, I think Google and Facebook are, are great as you're starting off on your journey of building a high-quality digital brand. Uh, However, I think great financial architecture is driven by a brand not needing to pay a gatekeeper on an ongoing basis to send customers their way. Now, that only happens when a brand gets organic traction. Uh, and organic traction is something that happens courtesy use of all kinds of channels to get your message across to the customer, which means even as a digital brand, you might want to consider, uh, you know, so to speak, going offline using media such as television, outdoor, radio, what have you. Uh, and it also involves entering into conversations uh, which, you know, like-minded customers are having about the range of products, etc. that you offer, which goes to how good your supply side is. Uh, so very often, I think, you know, the, the, the true requirements for scale tend to be not one, but actually, I guess, two things that a, that a business needs to do well. Very often, we just focus on how much demand the business has. Uh, but that's not enough. True scale comes from if you have great demand and you have great supply. 
uh, and you know any business which answers both of these uh, and you know delivers to great supply for a wider bunch of customers i think is bound to scale so it's a it's it's great to start off using google facebook but i think after that as businesses scale they should uh, look to explore all media because it's you know it's the responsibility of every business to get its message out to as many customers as possible and it's the responsibility of every business not to pay a gatekeeper on an ongoing basis to send customers their way that only happens if you build a great organic brand right thank you um <coughs> how can consumer brands differentiate themselves and build loyalty among customers who are flush with choice given the low entry barriers that digital platforms provide how much does it cost to build a truly differentiated and scaled up brand online um whatever number gautam i'm going to give you you can actually divide that by 2 and the chances are you can build a great brand in half the amount of money that i tell you so i'm not even going to attempt it uh what i do think is required in order to build a great brand is to have a a a message which customers can hook their aspirations to mm-hmm. uh have a a supply side or or a bunch of products which deliver to those aspirations doing it in a manner which does which is easy on the customer's pocket and uh, if you do all of these you become part of conversations with customers and therefore you know as people converse about you there is buzz around you and and your brand continues to expand the other thing i think is it's important is very often a lot of the focus in, in digital businesses tends to be on customer acquisition mm. uh customer acquisition is super important i mean you need to get as many customers in into the door as you can but it's i think even more important to ensure that the customers that you have continue to engage with you on an ongoing basis and i think that's another true test of of a good business is do you have at least half of your business coming from repeat customers every month uh and i think that's something that perhaps businesses don't focus on as much and how do you get repeat you get repeat by treating your customers or repeat treating your repeat customers slightly differently which means you give them as good offers uh as you give to your first timers very often businesses don't do that the first time customer gets far better offers than the repeat customer does Absolutely. and then you you give them a great experience mm-hmm. right which gives them no reason to change or no reason to shift to go to some other place and at the end of the day i think it's it's what's the size of your ambition is if the size in, in paper fries case our size of ambition was we want to be the starting point for consumer purchases in home interiors mm-hmm. we do not want to be the end point we want to be the place where the customer starts which means i would wa- want to have all searches related to home and furniture actually translated to product searches on paper fry mm-hmm. uh rather than having one them done on a search engine and then coming on to paperfly so it's it's also a definition of of what's the size of your ambition i think all of those go towards dictating how you'll how you'll create your brand correct no oh, absolutely as a digital first brand you made an interesting strategic choice to go omni channel and launch experience stores what was the thinking behind this and <coughs> how did you navigate through the problems faced by traditional retailers yeah so uh, my philosophy always has been gotten that uh the there is a customer she could be on a laptop at some point in time she could be on a mobile phone at another point in time or she could be in a a mall or on a a shopping street uh, at another point in time but it's essentially the same customer and it's our duty as a business to engage with her 
in whichever form and manner she wants to engage with us. So be that on mobile, on on a laptop, or in a in a offline store in a in a mall. Uh, and so therefore, everything we've done is to ensure that we create points of engagement with customers uh, across all media. Right, and so therefore, inherently, we've always thought of ourselves as an omni-channel business because that's been our customer philosophy. We started our first store in 2014 in December, at a time when, frankly, uh, online businesses setting up omni-channel stores wasn't really sexy. I mean, it wasn't like a buzzword. So I would like to think that we pioneered it a little, uh, and then subsequent to that, every single year we've doubled the number of stores that we have. So today we have a really uh, uh, a large footprint of Pepperfly Studios across uh, uh, the country and they've done well for us. I mean, today close to about 35% of our business comes from people who've been to our studios uh, over the last 60 days, right? Now, uh, how have I counteracted the issues that normal retailers have? So, what's the fundamental issue with normal retailers? They, they sell products that are in their stores and consequently, typically, the cost of leasing of the store tends to be close to 20% of the product value that they sell out of the store. Pepper Fry does not sell anything from its stores. Uh, so therefore, we are able to provide customers an experience of going through, uh, you know, let's say, products which give you a reference point of what's available on pepperfry.com, which is the online site. But all the conversations in the store are about products that are available on pepperfry.com. One of the interesting stats in and you'd find this, uh, and we've talked about it earlier, uh, is less than 15% of the carts that are made by customers who go to a Pepperfry studio uh, actually have products from within the Pepperfry studio. 85% of the products in the carts actually are not in the Pepperfry studio at all. So what this allows us to do is a a single smaller format store allows you to showcase 100,000 products for a, a furniture buyer. While... You know, even a, a hundred thousand square feet store won't be able to do that for more than perhaps a thousand products uh, to a regular offline retail buyer, and that's how we counteracted it. We consider Pepperfry Studios to be just a gateway to the online experience. We actually think Pepperfry Studios help us blur the line, and it sounds counterintuitive when I say that a physical store helps us blur the line between offline and online, but that's exactly how we treat our stores. So, and and that works. So, for example. My, uh, so to speak, rental cost as a percentage of sale for or, or, or as a percentage of products which are bought by customers who are who go to a Pepperfry studio would be less than 5%. I get a 20x return on, on the rentals that we pay. Yeah, and I would encourage anyone who is listening to this podcast to go visit a, a, what Pepperfry calls a Pepperfry studio because these are truly world-class outlets. Um, retail stores on uh, very prominent you know, high streets. Yeah, and do go and buy something. All right. Um, you know, th- this is a slightly technical question, but I think the next question is going to help, uh, ans- you know, a lot of people answer questions in their <laughs> minds about, you know, distribution, retail, etc. So let's go with it. But one of the biggest issues for consumer brands in India has been the ability to build distribution at scale, given the unorganized nature of the retail market. How did you solve this problem at Pepperfry? And what advice would you give to founders looking to build digital first brands? So, uh, you know, when we started, we did not build our own distribution network. So the first two years of our existence, uh, right till the middle of 2013, we used to rely on third-party logistics partners uh, to ship products across to our customers across India. And we found that uh, the value equation didn't work out. 
So for example, we stood for delivering great value on purchases for customers. So if an average price of a, let's say a bed used to be about 15,000 rupees, the shipping cost on that bed used to be about 5,000 rupees. So uh, working with an external ecosystem, the one that was available at that point in time, did not really help us in, in our value delivery endeavors. The second thing that we realized was uh, when it came to the service standards that we had set for ourselves, the service standards that are at that point in time, the logistics ecosystem provided uh, didn't fit, uh, fit, I mean, didn't match up to the expectations that we'd want to, to set for ourselves, right? So you had instances where, you know, if a customer's house is on the seventh or the eighth floor, and the lift is too small to carry a sofa up, that, uh, you know, folks would just drop the sofa at the downstairs table and ask the customer to figure out how to carry right. it up. Now, that wasn't a great experience. So from both a cost efficiency standpoint and an experience standpoint, uh, we we realized in the first year or so of our operations that we needed to do something. And so therefore, we bit the bullet and we made our investment in our first 10 vehicles uh, about a year and a half into our starting up, right? And I think it's the best decision we ever made. Today, uh, we have a, a, a fulfillment uh, system or a supply chain which has... Uh, which operates out of 22 fulfillment centers across India. We have more than a million square feet, which uh, enables our merchants to stock their products with us so that we can service customers faster and better. Uh, and uh, I think we have uh, a team which not only goes and delivers products in, in great condition to the customer's doorstep, but also then goes ahead and assembles it and does everything for them. And, and you know, the interesting thing, almost everything you buy on Pepperfry is the shipping is free and the assembly is free. And I think, again, these are great investments because what they help us do uh, from a strategic standpoint is they help us create moats around ourselves as a business. You know, the, 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 as a marketplace, you're essentially a platform which connects buyers and sellers. The, the big advantage that you create for yourself if you, if you build your own supply chain is your sellers could be in multiple cities, your buyers could be in multiple cities. If you figured out how you'll get the goods from one city to the other and, you know, uh, and so on, you have created truly a, a, an advantage which becomes very tough for anybody else to hack. So, uh, and I think that competitive advantage helps as you look to scale your business and take it faster and take it higher. And that, I think, has worked well for us. And in itself, now, <coughs> you all are probably the leader in a logistics segment which is reliant on large... Yeah, I mean, I actually think that we awesome. might be India's largest big box B2C supply chain. Uh, and the funny thing is that uh, our supply chain only caters to pepper fry. Right. But that's today. Who knows the future? How do you value a digital brand? <laughs> what are the key metrics you'd evaluate while arriving at a brand valuation? I guess the same way you do it for a regular brand would be my take. I mean, you'd figure out what the scale and size of the brand is. Mm -hmm. You would want to figure out a measure of affinity that the brand ha that customers have towards the brand. And affinity, for example, is measured through elements such as top of mind recall for a brand in the ecosystem. And just to give you an idea, when uh, you ask customers, uh, and we do a, a syndicated survey every uh, three weeks, actually, every two weeks, which uh, gives, gives us results for this. If you ask customers in the top six cities in India, uh, which is their, which is what, which is the customer brand, uh, which is the which is, the, which is the furniture and home interiors brand that they've heard of, 37% uh, of the time, the first name that comes to their lips is Pepper Frank. Yep. So, uh, and that's a measure of customer affinity, right? So uh, it's 
the size and scale of the business, the degree of customer affinity, the top of mind share, especially in the share of mind of, of the customers that you have. Uh, I think these are good surrogates to arrive at the value of the brand. But, you know, just like in any other case, the value of the brand lies in the eyes of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, applies to all brand evaluation and brand valuation techniques that exist in the world today. Great. Thank you. For any consumer business, online or offline product development and positioning are key to ensuring sustained success. How did you approach this <laughs> in an unstructured product category like furniture? So you break things up. I mean, you you take uh, every single process that goes towards uh, getting the customer to the customer's, uh, getting the furniture to the customer's doorstep, and you break up that entire process of, of getting the products from factory to home into as many single steps that you can think of. And then, especially in an unstructured category such as furniture, we look to standardize each of those steps. So, you know, we are, I would think that if there's one thing that we are very good at, it is the fact that we are very good at working with small merchants. Uh, Now, small merchants are fantastic. They understand their products really well. They are great craftsmen. Uh, However, standardization is something that they are not great at. So, we worked uh, extensively, and I think one of the things that we we gain from substantially is while uh, almost our entire sourcing ecosystem, all of our merchants are small merchants, we are able to standardize the products that we provide to our buyers through a bunch of uh, fairly standard QC processes, uh, through a bunch of uh, you know structural design processes, through a bunch of finishes, uh, uh, procurement processes that we have put in place across uh, more than a thousand small and medium businesses in India. So, the, the, the underlying or the overlying principle is uh, uh, break up the process into as many simple tasks as you can and then look to go and standardize every single piece. I guess that's the thing that we have cracked uh, in a fairly unstructured category. And once you do this and you get this right, then I think the rest of the things happen by themselves. You understand what the time taken for each process is. You understand the 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 uh, gearing ability for each process. So for example, uh, changing what in a particular process lends to a, a change in the end delivery. All of those things you begin to understand as a business. And I just think it it's you know it's almost like it's like the process nuts and bolts, and you standardize each nut and you standardize each bolt. Yeah. Thank you, Amrish, for your time today. Your views on building up a consumer brand have been thoroughly insightful for us, uh, and I'm sure it is for our viewers and listeners. We hope our listeners have also enjoyed this discussion. Please send your views, comments, suggestions, and additional questions to info at z3partners.com. That's again, info at z3partners.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have a good evening, and may the force be with you, and happy furniture to you. And live long and prosper.